You are listening to Social Media Decoded, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners simplify social media and thrive online. We provide actionable information that you can use and see results. I'm your host, Michelle Thames, and let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Social Media Decoded podcast, the number one podcast to help you understand social media better so that you grow your business, get more clients, and monetize. And today, I'm excited. I have a special guest. You know, we love when we have experts here on the Social Media Decoded podcast, and we're going to be talking to Sydney all about being an influencer, right? I know there's so many people that want to be an influencer when the creator economy, there's so many opportunities for you all out there. So we're going to chat today all about influencing and blogging because blogging is not dead, number one. Blogging is like back. I'm about to create my blog back. So we're going to talk about blogging. So welcome, Sydney. How are you today? I'm so excited to Thank have you, you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. Yes. I see. Well, they can't see us, but you're festive. I see you have on your... Holiday attire today. So we're filming, we're recording this. It is the holidays, and we are coming to you to bring you these gems. So I'm excited to chat today all about influencer marketing. So introduce yourself. How did you get started blogging? How did you get started with influencer marketing? So I started about almost eight years ago, which is crazy to me. Um, and I actually had, well, before that, I initially had to start a blog because it was just a requirement for my university program. So I did my bachelor in business in marketing. And at that time, I think Instagram had just come out. So essentially, they wanted us to be able to demonstrate how we could storytell and start writing what we felt passionate about, but being able to demonstrate how you are marketing that messaging through all the platforms, which at the time, like there wasn't really like social media coordinators or people, you know, doing social media for big companies. So that was kind of like an interesting angle. Um, But yeah, I started a blog then. And then I kind of put it on the back shelf once I went out to get a real job, which was at an ad agency in Vancouver. And when I got there, I loved what I was doing, but I wasn't totally like super pumped about my clients to be honest it was a lot of like crown corporation type businesses and I've always been into like fashion and like home and interiors and like I don't know something in me was just like you have this blog template already set up why don't you just like play around with it because at that time I was kind of seeing like one or two people in Canada but mainly in Europe and the U.S who had these blogs who were like working with Nordstrom and working with big brands. And so I think a light bulb went off in my head, even though I had no idea still to this day, like figuring things out because it's like ever changing and evolving. But I just went back while out. I was at the ad agency to that blog. And then we created like a little logo and I just kind of went from there. And then shortly after that, I started to see emails coming through asking to pay me to promote products and things like that. And then once I kind of figured out that you can make money doing this, I was like, what am I doing? Let's just like see what happens with this. I just like to keep all my doors open. So I wasn't sure if I was going to stay at the ad agency. 
I didn't really like, I wasn't really thinking that I would go out on my own that quickly, but I'm also someone who's not averse to taking risks and just kind of going with my gut. So my gut was like, this is, this is like a nice path that you could go down. And ultimately I just thought of my blog as like a visual portfolio of, of my body of work or things that I felt really passionate and excited about. And then, yeah, just kind of was open to possibilities. And that's kind of how it all began. I love that because people, we have these skills and we go to school and we might get in these jobs and it's like, this isn't even what I want to do. Like I have a similar story. I have a background in healthcare. I'm like, I worked in healthcare 10 years. I'm like, this is not what I want to do. This is not what I want to do. And I have this blog, but there's something, right? And so I know each and every person listening, you have a story and you can absolutely make money doing what you love. It doesn't have to be something that you hate. And you realize that and you're like, you know what? I had no clue I could make money. And I think that's the light bulb that does go off when you're like, oh, I can make money from my blog, from social media, from posting on Instagram. When you figure that out, I think something click is like, ding, okay, this can be a business. And even if you have your, you know, your nine to five, this can be a side hustle. You can still be going on trips and getting paid to do that. I was doing the same thing. So it's like, you can still do that on the side. So you can do both. So I'm so, so glad you shared your story. So that's kind of what I would say to like people starting out too, is like, don't think of it as like this huge, like daunting thing. Just take really small steps and do it while you're doing your other job. Like do it at nights and on the weekends. That's, I think the key is like finding things that you're truly, truly excited about because when you're truly excited and in alignment with what you're meant to be doing, it won't feel like you're like working overtime. You know what I mean? More often than not, like that job felt like so fun and like, my nine to five kind of became like, you know, a drag. And for me, that was like another light bulb. It's like, I don't really want to go to work every day feeling like that. Even though I love my like job, I love like, it was like beautiful loft, like an ad ad agencies normally are like very cool places to work. So like in that respect, it was awesome. But there was just parts of it where I was like, "Mm, I don't know if this is totally for me. Yeah. And someone may be feeling that and you may have just given them that "Mm, I can do this push. So thank you for sharing that. Now, I want to talk about establishing yourself in the influencer space. I know the word influencer, people are like, oh, oh my God, it's like this term because I think people just look at it the wrong way. But I want to talk about establishing yourself these days because it can be scary. There's a lot of people that are influencers. I mean, if you look on Instagram, every other page is an influencer page. I found your page and I hadn't even followed it before. And it's amazing, right? So there's a lot of influencers on social media. So what are some actionable tips that you would give someone who's just starting out? What should they do if they are like, okay, I want to be an influencer and this is what I want to do? For sure. I think more often than not, the hardest part is literally starting because it's like you're starting from scratch and everything looks so daunting. And you're also comparing yourself naturally to everyone else. And maybe those people have already put in like eight to 10 years and you're not really like aware of that part of it. Um, So definitely just starting where you're at. And then I think maybe like making a list of things that you are really passionate about and seeing how you can incorporate that into your storytelling, you know, like how can you connect with your community? How can you connect with your community in a way that's going to help build your community? I think that's through trust. Personally, 
Cause I feel like if you can get like five people to trust you, then those five people are going to go and tell their friends or tell their friends. Um, and also for me, I don't, it's not about like the number of followers. I obviously everyone wants a booming business and we all want to grow, but I try not to get too fixated on like the number of followers because I feel like people can kind of like start to doubt themselves if they feel like the number is not maybe as high as they would like. But I feel like the real important thing is just finding a niche community that is really excited about what you're talking about, because those people, despite the number, even if it's just 10 people are much more likely to actually purchase from you or trust what you're saying enough to like trust your advice, your recommendations throughout the year, which adds up over time. So I think like, just like shifting your perspective a bit, because I think it is really like, if I was starting now, I feel like I would feel a little bit, it, it feels like a little daunting because it seems like you're starting from scratch, but it's just like little by little, every, every little thing, every day, I think adds up. And that's like, ultimately over the year, it does all add up. And I think another thing is, um, I do this, I'm going to do this actually again next week for the new year, but just going through and really thinking about like, what are the brands or who are the brands that I would love to work with? If I could only work with like 20 brands, who would those brands be? And then finding ways to get on their radar, whether that is purchasing something of theirs and actually trying it out, tagging them in content, whether you're paid or not, like don't be afraid to tag them because that's how you start like building those relationships. And then over time, because you're on their radar and they see that you genuinely care about their products, they're much more likely to offer you a sponsored campaign or something like that down the line. So it is kind of like a building of everything, but I think that's a really important step to building a really strong foundation instead of just like becoming an influence. It just depends what you want to do. You know, like I'm sure you totally can relate. Like it just depends on what you want to do for me. Like I could probably be promoting so much more stuff I could than I do, but I say no to a lot because it doesn't align with like who I am or what my message is. So taking your time to build up those clients, I think is like the number one way to go if you're looking at it from like a business standpoint. Oh, absolutely. And you said something key there. Like you don't say yes to everybody. And that's important because if it doesn't fit your brand, if it doesn't fit your values, like Flat Tummy T had reached out to me. I don't even know if we remember that company. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. The company <laughs> who wants to make you get a flat stomach. And I'm like, this isn't an alignment with anything I would do. So if I would accept this, it wouldn't be like authentic. And the whole purpose of being an influencer, I think, well, from my perspective, is to live in a th- your authentic life and be able to be a Kim Kardashian like person, right? In that respect, not to like because she's so popular and famous, but someone who someone looks up to, right? People think she's an influencer, right? So yeah. you get to do these amazing things, go on trips and all these things, but if it doesn't fit with what you really would do in your real life, you should not accept it because ultimately, yes, it is a business and you should think about it and look at it as a business, which we're going to talk about. You shouldn't, you should not accept things that just don't fit what you do. So I'm, I'm so glad that you said that. And I want to talk about like the business side too, because I don't think a lot of people think about being an influencer as a business. So when you were like, oh, I can make money from this, what were your like first steps? Say, okay, I need to really formulate this as a business and think about this as a business? 
that is something that I'm like always working on actually. Cause at the beginning, I can't remember what year it was like 2014. And I had gotten an opportunity to do a campaign for happy planet. And I had no idea like what, like, what am I charging? I didn't know what a contract looked like. Uh, like even, I mean, it's better now because I feel like a lot of influencers have created sort of like a blueprint of how to go about the business side of things. But when I started, there was no blueprint. Like there literally was no blueprint. And even now it's still a little hazy as to like what to do. So I think for me, it's just been about like using my intuition and what feels good and what feels right. I've definitely gone through some negative experiences, but I feel like those were probably just meant because I needed to learn that lesson. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that the experiences just help us, you know, the invoicing process, the, you know, submitting things on time. I think, you know, that may not be a big deal to some people, but it is. I come from, I've working with a brand on the brand side in marketing and influencer marketing. So working with influencers and you have to submit things on time as the influencer, it's the influencer's job to submit the invoice. (laughs) So just things like that, that we may not even think about is just important and running this type of business. And you have to look at your contracts. I know you said that that is so important because there's a thing called perpetuity. And if these brands just want to sign away, perpetuity is forever. You should not give up the rights to your content forever. I don't think any brand has the right amount of money for me to say, oh, okay, you can just have my content. Not unless it's like 50 million, I don't know, or something like that. If you have 50 million, I might say, but hey, that still might not be enough, right? So don't sign away things. Yeah, Yeah, don't. Big time. And I think that my short time in advertising, I was there for like two and a half years, it did lend itself to my learning. Um, we were just starting to work with, in, with influencers at that ad agency. So I saw a little bit of it, but yeah, it's interesting. The contract thing is really scary though, because most influencers like sign away complete rights to everything and they don't even know where those photos are going. So it's like, yeah. And like the exclusivity clauses that are in most agreements are like kind of hidden in there. They don't really tell you. So there's a lot of things to kind of like watch for because ultimately yeah. you just need to protect yourself, make sure you're not getting taken advantage of because they're coming to you for a job. Like they're coming to you because they see value in what you are offering. So I feel like a lot of the time influencers are kind of like scared to even like charge what they should be charging because they think, I don't know what they think, but yeah, it's all, it's very interesting. I think the more you do, the more you learn, but it's definitely a huge learning curve for sure. Yeah. And I think with this pricing situation, it's just going to, you know, people are going to get more information as influencer marketing continues to grow. This is not something that's like been around ages. This is new. It is still time for people. If you are thinking about this to get involved, Um, the creator economy is huge. You can do anything you love. You can be an influencer. If you're an artist, if you're a comedian, I yeah. there's so many people online, you'll be surprised, like just searching the different niches, fitness, fashion, beauty, lifestyle, yeah. mommy, 
food, everything. So there's so many things. So I want everyone listening. If this is like something that you're serious about, it's totally possible. So just go for it, right? We have to just go for it. It's going to be scary. These contracts might be scary, but you'll learn as you go. And that is the message that I feel that is in this episode today is you just got to learn as you go. You you mess up. You got to keep going. It's going to be all right. And I think the other thing too, is like, there's a lot of opportunity outside of just like sponsored posts on Instagram. Like people kind of forget that part is like a lot of the business that I have done has not been necessarily sponsored posts on Instagram. It's been like co-creating products or doing a fashion line with another brand that's established. And like, what kind of learnings can I take from that? Right. Like all the manufacturing side of things, what fabrics, like where are their facts, where are their factories? Like what is the minimums that we have to deal with in order to produce this line of goods? So like, it really does like, it's, it's really whatever you want to make of it. Um, you have the potential to do and it's really just being confident enough to like connect the dots and connect with those brands that you know you feel like would be a good fit to do that oh absolutely absolutely and you said posting outside of social media I want to talk about blogging how has blogging create has elevated your business in today's digital age I think that people think blogging is dead but it's not let's talk about blogging yeah Um, I love blogging. First of all, I love blogging because I feel so the way that I like to look at my business is like a 360 approach. So I love the beautiful imagery on Instagram and being able to like storytell there and connect with my community. But then I love to write out the details in my blog and share like, you know, exact links to certain items or more information or whatever. And then I like to come onto podcasts and be able to use my voice. So it's like kind of a 360 approach, getting away from just the pigeonhole that is Instagram. I love Instagram, but you do kind of need to like think about it on like a bigger scale. Personally, that's how I've kind of looked at it. And so for me, my blog is really my hub of my brand. So like everything and anything is on my blog. Um, If I create like products with another brand or do some sort of fun collaboration, like that's all on my blog. It's really a place that I own 100% of. If Instagram vanished tomorrow, all of my work would still be there and I have something to show for myself. Like I said, in the beginning for me, it was really like, a presentation, like a visual portfolio, so that if I wanted to switch jobs or do something else, I have this and I can show brands like, look, these are the brands that I've worked with. This is my writing style. This is my photography style. Up until like this past year, it's literally only been me, which is kind of crazy now that I think about it. But I think that's really like, it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's something I feel like would be very valuable to companies in a multitude of different like jobs that you could be doing. So the blog, I think, is something that people overlook because it often involves more work and maybe hours that aren't necessarily paid like you would on Instagram. But I feel like it's kind of the most important cornerstone of my business and ultimately as I grow over the years or I come out with like my own brand of products like that's where it will live so I feel like even though you know day to day maybe it feels like Instagram is making all the money but at the end of the day like I'm pulling everyone from Instagram 
over to my website because that's where I want them to be. You just gave a mini masterclass and I agree with everything that you said because you definitely need to be more places than just Instagram and social media because we don't own that and we own our blogs. We own our podcasts. This is why I have this podcast. This is my podcast, right? I own this. Yes, it may be on Apple or Spotify or wherever, but I own this podcast. So definitely start to think about, you know, that like you say your hub i used to have a blog for my lifestyle brand my blog i'm bringing my my blog back i'm going to just create Great. the blog as of course my personal brand so i'm so excited to get back into blogging it's it's my number yeah. one passion that's how i started so i started yeah. on wordpress and all the things so oh, yes. getting back into that um is really exciting for 2023 and like you say you need a hub right so now people can go to my blog they can see like my digital products are here and things are here yeah. so everyone you're listening look out the blog's coming back um i'm really excited yeah. about that it's also like a way for them to go there and like learn more about you because on instagram sometimes it's hard like Sure, if you pin the top three photo photos that maybe have more information, then that's easily accessible. And highlights, I think, are a good resource if they're organized properly. But it's nice for them to be able to go somewhere, especially if they're new to your community, to be able to like actually learn about more about what you're about. I just want to get a little bit deeper with who follows me beyond the beautiful images. I feel like everyone can do that. Um, I feel like if you have something valuable to say, that's kind of interesting, you know, just like a different perspective. So for me, that's kind of, I put all my eggs in that basket, in my own basket. Right. Put all your eggs in your own basket, not Instagram's basket, but your own. Oh, that was good advice. That was such good advice. Instagram is a tool, right? Instagram is a tool. It's not, it was never meant to be the be all end all. But again, it depends, right? There's a lot of influencers who are just really about like, saying yes to a lot of different companies and like promoting everything under the sun. And like for some people that works. Um, so it just depends on what you want to get out of it. Yeah, definitely agree. I'm, I'm definitely not the one to promote 75,000 brands though on my pages. <laughs> definitely not. So I love books and I want to talk about books. Have there been any books that you have read that have helped you along your journey as an influencer and, and business owner that you everything. would love to share? I know everything. Oh my God. So I only really read like books on like philosophy, mindset, personal development. Like I've always been really interested in that whole world. So actually on my blog, I have a couple different book lists and it's like all of the books that have helped. So you can go check out and check that out over there. Um, But books like Atomic Habits and oh God, so many. I'm like drawing a blank right now, but so many books, so many books. Yeah, no, we're definitely going to put that link in the show notes so you can go and check out on her blog, her hub. Check out over on her hub the books that she recommends and the topic habits. That is definitely a good book. Um, I oh, think that's something that you just need to revisit every year, just so I'm you revisiting you know, that one right now. Yeah, right. So yeah. you want to get in your habits because I think running a business, whether whatever type of business it is, all it is is good habits and systems and organization. That's really all that it is. If you have good habits, if you can create good systems and you have organization, you can run a business. I think it's that simple. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. This has to be perfect. It has to be this, Mm -hmm. but there's no way that anything can be perfect, especially in the beginning. So you have to give yourself grace. But like you said, reading books and just 
continuing to elevate your mindset and do those things will help you as a business owner, no matter what stage you are in business. I think that books are important. So I know that I'm finishing up my, a few books today, tomorrow. I want to read like two books a month, at least two to three books. I'm going to try. I haven't had any time lately just like last month, but that was like number one on my list over the break is to like get some reading done because I really do believe that mindset is literally everything. And especially this day and age with how chaotic it can feel online sometimes, I think really working on your mind is so crucial. And I know for me, it like just shifts everything. And if I'm working on myself and on my mindset and on like my health, then everything else sort of seems to like fall into place. And when I don't do those things, the opposite happens. And I've seen it so many times that I'm like, I, this is my belief. And this is literally a lot of what I talk about on my blog these days, because I've just seen such a shift in things that I want to attract by just slowing down and working on my mind, meditating. Like I know that sounds so annoying, but it really, really helps me anyways. No, I'm, I, I am in agreement with you. It definitely helps meditation and just, like you said, slowing down sometimes to just really listen to like, what's next? What should I do? So thank you yeah. for that. That another gem that you have dropped here on the Social Media Decoded podcast. So you've dropped a lot of gems today. I'm so grateful that you came onto the show today to tell us all about blogging, tell us all about being an influencer, how we can create this and make it a business from something that we love. So definitely appreciate you. I would love if you can share with the listeners, where can we find you? And definitely we'll put that link to your blog so they can go and check out that book list as well. But where can we find you online? You can find me on Instagram. It's just my full name, Sydney Sothias, and my website and everything is linked through there. So that's probably your best bet. Yes, and we'll make sure that we have all of that linked in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and we appreciate all the gems that you dropped. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Social Media Decoded Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope that you got some gems. If you got some gems, make sure to tag me on Instagram at Michelle L. Thames and share those gems with me. I cannot wait to talk to you all in the next one.